0: So uh, my my hope and prayer this morning is is that uh, through grace that we would have a restored image of God as Father in our lives. Um, you know I don't expect it to all be started and completed by the end of this morning. Like this this is something it's like an ongoing thing for the rest of our lives. Um, but uh, but that's my hope that that through grace we've been learning about that this whole uh, this whole month really. But uh, yeah that's my prayer. But. If nothing else, like Jake says, for me, all right, I'm gonna pray and then uh, we can get to it. Um, so Lord, God, I thank you that you, um, that you are Abba, that you are Father, that you are near, that you're not distant, that you're here, God. God, I thank you that your hand is on us. No matter where we may find ourselves this morning, God, that you, you never leave and you never will. God, I thank you for your heart for us as your kids. God, I thank you that your love is everlasting and your love is so sweet in this place this morning. So, Lord, be with us as we, as we jump into your word. God, speak to us and, and, and just, just fill us, God, from head to toe, inside and out, that would be just uh, encompassed with you this morning. In your name, amen. All right. So, um, this may come as a surprise to you, but our earthly fathers are not perfect, <laughs> right? <laughs> Is it just me? I don't know. Um, yeah, they're not perfect. Uh, no matter, no matter if we had an, um, uh, have an amazing father, or uh, or a great one, or a good one, or a just okay one, or a bad one, or an ugly one. Like no matter where, <laughs> no matter where we find ourselves, none of them were perfect. Um, there is, in the previous lesson, uh, in the book that we've been going through, the, the video link that was emailed out, the, the guy that was talking and kind of kicking off the week, he, he shared uh, this phrase that stuck with me, that, that Father God is not a big one of our dads. And that, that's just something that stuck, stuck with me. And for the dads in the room, he's not a big one of us. <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> not me. Thankfully, he's not a big one of me. Um, but he, he, like that's so freeing, it really is. Because that, that means that he, we say that he was our first love, but he was also our first father. Like he was there at the beginning and he's gonna be there at the end for all eternity. He is, he is the true and perfect father, okay? So our, our parents here, our earthly parents at best are just a type and shadow. Um, of our true and perfect father. Okay. Um, so to tell you guys a little bit of my background. Um, so when I, when I was two, my dad, he, uh, he took a position as a traveling salesman. Okay. So that meant, that meant he was going to be, you know, gone like every week back on weekends, gone every week. And, um, you know, I, Tell you the story, not not to put any sort of sort of shame towards my dad or or my parents, anything like that, but just so that you can kind of get a picture and then maybe see in your own own lives where where you may land. land. But um, so my dad, he was gone a whole lot, um, and like I said, he was back on the weekend, so I grew up just talking to him on the phone a lot. Um, and then when I was nine, my parents divorced, and so that kind of just like added on to him being away from the house, um, and. So, you know, thankfully my, my parents put me in church. Like I, I, I was in church. Um, I didn't really get saved though. i I know I've said it before up here, but i got saved when I was 14. But even, even then after I was saved, like obviously I had this awesome encounter with God and, and that, lead, that led me into following Jesus. But my, my, my image of my earthly dad was already formed and it just being distant, that's just what it was. Like, I know he was trying to do his best to provide and love me as, as best as he could. And same as his father before him and his father before him, it, it you know, it trickles down. Um, but my image of father God, based on what I was handed in turn, was, was distant. Um, and uh, just that, you know, that he was far off, like out of reach type thing. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a quote in the, uh, that Dave Beering says. It says, the image of God you carry around in your heart and mind affects the way you live your daily life. Okay, so that's where I was at. Saved, you know, I, I knew there was the Father, knew there was the Spirit, knew there was the Son, but like it was just all seemed a little bit distant. Um, but thankfully, like you know, God put people in my life, mentors in my life, spiritual fathers, like every, like you're on a growing motion from there. Like if you've received Christ, like you're, you know, it's like you have an awesome moment, but it's like, it's like an uphill, like you're, you're learning a whole lot and growing a whole lot. Um, so thankfully I had a lot of people come into my life to help me see a better picture of the Father God. And, and, and after I graduated, I, I moved out to California um, for about a year, but in that time, like I came into my own out there, and I, uh, I remember a night at, at church uh, where uh, I—it's—I've been wrecked all week, guys. It's—it's—it's uh, of it's, it's, just thinking about the Father's heart. So if I just start crying in buckets up here, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but I asked—I asked a question that radically changed my life, and it's not hard. Um, but all I asked was, God, will you father me? Will you be my dad? And um, yeah, and and like I said, it, it was vital for the rest of my life. I would not be standing here right now. And it may be it may be weird, but as I was thinking about, like, I genuinely feel like I'm being raised by my father in heaven. And and that's so like, in, in the scriptures we will look at like. We're to call him Abba, which is like Hebrew for for Daddy, God, intimate, near, close, like I genuinely feel like I'm being raised by my Father in heaven, um, and that's nothing to say like my I love my dad, I know he loves me, my earthly dad, um, but but like like I said, in the beginning, God, the Father it was there first, and so it's just it's just really. Really sweet. But I tell you that story to encourage you that no matter what your situation was, like I realized that I did not have it as hard as some of us may had it, or may have had it. Um, but like I said, no circumstances, too difficult for the father to come and restore. Um, Dave Buring also talks about it in the book. It's a, another quote from him. Um, Our heavenly father desires to reparent us in his love and in his ways he alone can restore the losses that have impacted our sense of love, acceptance, and worth, as well as our sense of belonging and purpose. That's not me, right? I don't think so. Um, it's crackling. But yeah, we, we've been on this journey of reshaping, redefining, and affirming what we know about God and how we perceive him. Um, but before we get any, any further in the in the, in the message this morning, I want to invite Stephanie to come on up here and noodle around on some keys. Um, but doing something just a little bit different. Um, I want us to go, go to the father in prayer and, and, and give him the glasses that we carry around and how we see him. No matter, no matter if it's in Jesus name, Um, no, matter, no matter if how we see him is, is, is good or bad, right or wrong, no matter what type of lens that we see the father through, I just want us to take a few minutes um, in your own way and just give that to God and just let him have it. Um, and as First Peter 5.10 says, the God of all grace, and you can say the father of all grace, will come and restore and confirm, strengthen and establish us. So when we pray, invite him to do just that, to restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us, okay? Um, so yeah, Stephanie, you can play play it. Now I'll, I'll kick us off in prayer. And I just, yeah, just ask you guys just to go there with the Father right now. Heavenly Father, everlasting God, God, we, we come to you as your kids. And Lord, we, we give you the lenses that we see you through the image that we carry around of you. And Lord, would you just, would you hold that for us this morning and and begin to restore our image of you?
1: God, I just pray that right
0: now that you would expose lies that we believed about you, um, that you would expose all the false things that may have crept in that, that aren't really you, that kind of distort our image of you. So, Lord, come and do what only you can do in this moment. We love you, Father. I thank you that we don't have to be in a hurry this morning. I thank you that you're not in a hurry. And, you know, after we get lunch or whatever, we start our weeks tomorrow. God, I thank you that you're never in a hurry. And so God, I just thank you that you that you help us through this process, that, that you're near and dear. And um, so Lord, we, we just give this process to you. Would you come and reparent us? Would you, would you come and give us what we need? Would you make up for any lack? Come and give us what only you can give us, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Stephanie. All right, so so this, this shouldn't this shouldn't stop here, right? Uh, like I said, it's not something that we start at the beginning and finish at the end of today and this morning. Um, it, it's, it's an ongoing building. So I challenge you guys as you, as you go through the week to allow him space. Allow him time um, just, to, just to have that spot to show us who he is as our father. And that we can have that ongoing building, that deeper relationship just every, every day. Um, so anyway, I just I'll, I'll be praying for you. I'm praying for me. I'm doing it myself. Uh, But so good. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So part two of this uh, to help us in uh, just having some practical things or some steps to to see during during this week and as we allow the Father to do that work in us. um, Yeah, I wanna give us some areas that can help guide us as like reference points. Um, So the first two points, they're linked together, but they both have broken images of the Father. Um, The first one is the orphan heart. And the second one is the spirit of slavery. And then after that, it leads into two areas where it's, it's our promise, our inheritance, and they're to be attained and lived out as sons and heirs. Okay, so sons, daughters, and heirs. So the first two parts, of, that's kinda of what we're gonna be looking at. Um, so as, as you go through this week, that'll, that'll help you a little bit. So regarding, like I said, the two first points, there are, there are different degrees that we struggle with this. Okay, so for first example, if we've never received Christ in our life, we are flat out orphans and slaves. We are dead in sin, like we, we are, we're not alive. Okay, we need, we need to be redeemed. We need to be restored to, to, to even know him, okay? But then the other side of it is that if we have been saved, that we've been brought into the father's house that has many rooms. Thank God that we are there and that's our reality. But like, we can still struggle with these two areas, the the orphan heart and the spirit of slavery. So at first, when I was thinking about it, I thought that these two were really two separate camps. I I thought, you know, there's the orphan heart and there's the spirit of slavery. And there's like an aspect that that's kind of true. But what I've found is that the orphan heart leads into a spirit of slavery. Um, And I'll unpack it for us this morning. But but yeah, I was driving down the road and it was kind of like this light bulb moment where my jaw just kind of dropped. I'm like, oh, wait. (laughs) Um, But but the word orphan uh, in Hebrew is is yathom. Um, But to no surprise, it it means fatherless. It literally means an orphan. But the root meaning kind of surprised me. The root meaning is to be lonely and a bereaved person. And I thought that was really just kind of mind blowing because I think that explains the orphan heart so well, being bereaved um, and being lonely. Like even in a crowded room, like I I know I've felt that um, lonely and bereaved. Um, So like orphans strive to be self-reliant and independent, like in an unhealthy way, like they, they reject any sort of help. Um, I, I had the privilege of, of living in Africa for a couple of years and we lived on a children's center and I could see these kids come in as orphans and I saw like literal orphans and could see the process of them meeting our God and moving out of that quite literally. Um, so I kind of see it kind of displayed right in front of me, but but an orphan is already suffering with rejection, okay? Um, that That's why they, they reject help. Like they think they're good because they've developed that survival mentality. I can do it. I'm no, I'm good. Like I'm no, I'm fine. That type of, you know, they put their hands up. It's like they don't receive it. They don't know that they, they don't know how to love people because they don't know that they are loved. So the orphan heart, it longs to belong but because of the distorted image of the father that they're carrying around, or like I've done it, like I've been there, I'm not speaking like at you guys this morning or at all, like I'm speaking from experience, like I've had this, okay? Um, but it looks for safety elsewhere and ultimately um, taking on the spirit of slavery. Um, with the orphan heart, we might enjoy ourselves for a little bit in the culture, living our best life, okay? But, in, but inside, we, we find ourselves lonely and bereaved. We will end up enslaved to the culture because of all the shackles and chains that we willingly accepted in the name of fitting in to belong, finding safety, finding comfort, all apart from the Father. Trapped in the decisions that we've made, living in our own proverbial pig pen. And living with an orphan heart, like I said, it leads us in. It would lead you into the spirit of slavery, and you could also think of it as accepting a life as a slave, knowing that you need the Father to survive, but living as if you don't have access to Him, being fearful of Him, being afraid in general, and as if as if you don't belong. You 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 believe that you're unworthy of a relationship. Living life without promise or inheritance, and ultimately believing that the scraps are enough. So, to help us grasp this a little bit better and not just coming from my own mouth, let's look at scripture and see what it says. Um, so, this morning, um, we're going to, if you have your Bibles, you can kind of keep two fingers in them, uh, in these two little spots. But Luke 15, which is the story of the prodigal son, we probably have all heard it maybe in some variations. Um, but then the, the other one is Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. Um, and so when I, when I was studying this week, I looked at both of them side by side. Um, but it's Luke 15 and Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. And we're gonna start reading Romans 8, 14 through 17. So for all who are led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God, amen. Man, those three verses have marked my life. Um, like just the, the intimate invitation that we have from our daddy, from our Abba, is if you just sit in that, guys, and let that wash over you, like we, we can wrap up and go home because like that's enough, okay? But it's just, it's so good. We've received the spirit of adoption, not the spirit of slavery. Like that's our reality, that is forever our reality, and that is true from the moment that we've received salvation, the moment that we were born again, the moment that we've been adopted into the family of God. The Spirit of God fills us, and that gives us access to Abba. And if, you are, if you're now a child, as it says, then you're an heir, co-heirs with Christ. That is such good news, guys. However, um, with that, even though that, that, that's our reality, that, that is it, the moment we say yes to Jesus, that's our reality. But however, Scripture shows us that even though that we are children of God, right, we're also still being sanctified. We, we still need a revelation of the adoption that we've received, okay? And then how close we really are to the Father and how much He really loves us. Because we can blow past that so fast but if you just sit and, and ask the Lord to show you how much that you're loved, it will wreck you. It genuinely will. Um, so that, that brings us to Luke 15, okay? And, that, and this story so clearly shows what I'm talking about and showing that even as the two sons in the story, they were, they were living in the father's house. They were, but they were operating out of that orphan heart that brings them into the spirit of slavery. Okay, the, the orphan heart right off the bat, right off the scene in Luke 15, um, it presents itself in the son asking for his inheritance. And then he, and the father in all his goodness, he gives him that inheritance. But the first one, the, that this, the prodigal son, he, did not, he could not sustain the inheritance because his heart was, he didn't actually know who his dad was and he didn't know who he was living in his house. So he goes and blows the inheritance. We probably have heard it before. So much so, you know, he, like I said, he might enjoy it for a little bit, but he blew it. He found himself broken, destitute, in a pig pen. I've wound up broken, destitute, in a pig pen, and we may, we may have all, we all have a version of that in our own lives. We've all been there, and at that point, it, it, yeah, it looks pretty bleak but it says in Luke 15, verses 17 through 19, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So there it is right there the orphan heart leading into this mindset, the spirit of slavery. He's accepted the fact that he's blown it, but he doesn't see a way out because he feels trapped. And he's like, oh, just maybe, just maybe I can get the scraps. Just maybe I can get that. Like I said, that looks pretty hopeless. That looks pretty bleak. But then the light comes. The, he, he he's like gets out of his pig pen, he starts walking home, and what happens? His father runs to him. He'd been waiting. He'd been watching, longing for his son to come back. So he runs out to get him, embraces him, kisses him, holds his boy, The love of the Father breaks through that orphan heart and the spirit of slavery renews our minds, transforms us so we can live as loved sons and daughters, not as slaves, not as orphans, as children who are destined to rule and to reign as heirs with our heavenly Father, co-heirs with Christ. The everlasting love of the Father moves us out of slavery and into sonship. And therefore, we can respond to this question, who shall separate us from the love of God? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we know who our daddy is, we can say that. I can say that now. I just want to note that there, there is the second son in the story, right? And he's operating out of that orphan heart too. I've been on both flip sides of this story, okay? So I've, I've been in both places. But he, he's, all the while, he's been performing to earn love. And when everything goes down with his his brother coming home, all he could do is sit and complain about never even having a goat to share with his friends. And to that, the father says, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. Guys, the whole farm was his. Like he had access the entire time. But because of the orphan heart, he was blinded to it. He never realized it. He was too busy complaining and comparing himself to, to his brother, trying to earn love by performing well. So he was ripped off even in the midst of still living in the father's house. So you, you, you all, we're all in different spots. We may have an, a good understanding that we're a son and an heir, a son and a daughter and an heir but you already might have a good and accurate image of of God as father. And like, that's a testimony. So amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Like that is good news. Um, However, we all need to be aware that the enemy desperately, ultimately wants us to live as a slave. Regardless whether we've been in the father's house or not, the enemy will not give up trying to distort your image of the father. And he'll use the orphan heart to get you there. So we gotta be diligent, we gotta be watchful and we gotta ask that Father God, search us out, reveal areas um, that need to be strengthened. I know know that was all really heavy, but guys, the good news is that we are sons, daughters and heirs, co-heirs with Christ. No matter where we find ourselves, the most important thing is that we come to him. He doesn't say to the slave, oh, oh, you gotta clean up first before I break your chains. Sorry, uh, you, you can figure it out yourself. And he doesn't say to the orphan, oh man, you, you really smell, you really stink, you really need to clean up before I bring you home. It's by coming to him as we saw in this story and opening our hearts to him that our broken images of God as our father become restored. It's by that simple act of taking that step and saying, you know what? I'm done with the pig pen. I'm done with this. Like, and, you, and he, in that moment, there was no, like the father, like his embrace is just, can you imagine? Like, can you see that? Like that doesn't, like that spirit of slavery doesn't just hang around. Like it's like in, when you get impacted by the everlasting love of the father, there's nothing that can stand in the wake of that. There's not. So my application um, my challenge to us this morning is that, that, as Dave Buring puts it in the book, um, he, I invite God's presence. Like this is our challenge for our, this week. Even now into those closed off places of your life to touch those areas of rejection and to heal the tender places of hurts and wounds. He loves you and longs to take your hurting heart into his embrace. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Father, I thank you that you are near and dear to us, that you're close to us, that you are forever on our road running to us. You're always there. You're always there waiting and you're, you know us intricately. You know us, you know every fiber in our being. You know every hair on our head. God, you know every breath that we take. You're closer than the song on our tongue. You're closer than the breath in our lungs. God, you you are our Abba, Father. You're here and we love you. God, would you help us? No matter where we find ourselves, God, help us, help me. God, we wanna hold you and display you well as a good and loving Father as you are. So God, yeah, restore us, strengthen us, fill us up. God, we're so excited to do this life with you. We're so excited. I'm so excited to be raised by you. It's so good. Lord, we love you. Protect us this week. I speak health over all of us. Um, God, I, I thank you for this community of people. I thank you, God, that, that they love you well, that we love you well. God, I just thank you for all the victories that each story that's sitting in this room right now, I just, I'm, th- I'm so thankful for it. Um, so Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.